So this is the first proper episode of this podcast, which I think we're mm-hmm. going to just call "What Are We At?" Okay, <laughs> that's. Let's listen that's back nice. to what we were talking about last time, and eh, I think that, I think that works, and it, it's not taken too because I was looking it up. Oh, well, that's not too bad then. And it'll get to the point because you know what are we at? I don't know. Well, <laughs> let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, <laughs> let's answer all of life's questions within the next hour or two. And then realize we have nothing else for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to? And it's just work. Working wreck because it was early shifts, but it was late shifts this week, so that makes it a bit easier for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just fucking shit getting up at five. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck that. But uh I'll be doing that every two weeks, but it's fine, like what about yourself? Does it, does the sun even be up at five? No, actually, I go to bed whenever it's sunny and wake up whenever it's dark. <laughs> Are you clicking on something? Oh, sorry, that's probably me tapping a pen. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what have you been up to? Um, and just been trying to get to a nice sort of routine going. I had a nice one. I was like waking up, wake up around seven, then like get up, have breakfast. And go for a walk straight after that. Mm. It's really nice. And yeah, it's been really nice weather recently. It's, it's like yeah, oh, it's been great, hey. Mm. Yeah, it's um. Well, I think it's just good because I'm not working anyway, so it's good to have a routine. And I think for anyone who is struggling with the current state of things, it's definitely good to find some sort of routine that works. Yeah, it just helps with productivity and stuff too. It's like. I've been the way I've been doing it is like I'll get up and I'll read a bit and have breakfast and then I'll leave the house pretty much right away after that. Mm. And last week I was doing it where I was just going, I leave my phone at home and go for a walk, which is nice. Yeah. But then this week I was um, just putting on music while I was walking because I realized I haven't really been making time for myself to listen to music. So it's like I put on an album, leave the house. By the time I get back, it's pretty much over and it's it's been really good. Yeah, that's a good way to listen to a lot of new albums in one week, too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good way to get some time aside for yourself. Yeah, that's good. Doing a lot of drinking this week, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a pandemic. I've been doing a lot of drinking, like, between, like, obviously any time that I'm off, like, or the weekends, which I kind of live for, like, I just get fucking lush, like, got lush yeah. last night, got lush last night. And kind of, I started drinking like an espresso martini, the second one. I'm on to the beers at like five o'clock, and it's like this is pretty late for me on a Saturday to be honest. Like, yeah. there's a couple of Saturdays there, I was like starting at like twelve, and it's like just because I have fucking nothing else to do. Like, like not like on Friday nights I get lushed after work, and then on Saturdays I kind of casually drink through the day, <laughs> and Sundays usually leave it alone, except for tomorrow. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah, it's, yeah, it's just with the with like with the good weather. I feel like it's just in our in our bones to to make Probably the most of it. And, yeah. yeah, do a bit of boozing. 
So did you have a garden now, don't you? Yeah, I was sitting out like all day yesterday. Just I ha- I had my first drink at eleven o'clock yesterday. <laughs> I was like sitting trying to do something. I was trying to write something and it wasn't happening. I was like, I might have a wee whiskey. That's what writers do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that'll help. But I ended up just like having a whiskey and sitting in the garden and it was actually just really nice. I just tried to be like as sort of present as I could be and join the sunshine and sitting in the surrounded by nice flowers and stuff and it was really nice. Yeah, that sounds fast. See, that's what mm-hmm. I kind of miss here. Like we have the wee balcony, you know, and I can get the sunlight now, but like still fucking pigeons and seagulls everywhere. <laughs> fucking yeah. no, you can't really lie down. Like Yeah. Well, uh, are, what are you like are you living in a flat, is it? Yeah, do you not remember she had been in my flat? Oh yeah, that's right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a wee balcony at the front. At least it does get sunlight if it's sunny, like towards the end of the day, so it gets something. Like kinda had like yeah. dinner out there most nights in the week, like in this like a wee cider or something, but Oh that's that's nice then. No. Just wish it had grass or it was a wee bit nicer, you reckon I Yeah. But uh, yeah. that is one of the like Galway I don't think you get that as bad. Like like other cities feel very sort of urban and stuff for Galway. Mm. There's a kind of nice I don't know, it's the least city like city, I think. Yeah. It's it's just a big town that's technically a city. Yeah. It's not a city city. It's a nice it's a nice size. And it's just yeah, but I know what you mean, because it doesn't have really any high rises yeah. or anything like that. It's still very old school buildings all on shop yeah. street really like you've nothing that you can't fucking see the sky over easy or anything yeah nice. it definitely helps yeah but uh, yeah so that's been me um, drinking every weekend as much yeah. as i can because i don't get yeah. the chance in the week you see so i gotta make up for it i think i had like one drink every day this week it's just like <laughs> come come in the evening just crack a can and just enjoy a bit of the sun it's nice yeah that's what i was doing it was like just a bit of cider weirdly enough like copperberg kelly bought some so i was like oh uh, yeah so Look, cider and sun is a good combination. Yeah, so that was kind of nice. I was looking for a bit of sangria in Aldi earlier, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy red wine and fruit and make it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking of red wine, are you on Are you on the wine yet, or are you still drinking your... No, nah, I was going to have like a couple of beers first to kind of warm me up. Because I'm a wee bit tired, and wine can make me a bit tired. Ah, uh, yeah. If you don't really actually, so Yeah, I'm just drinking my cheap Aldi five euro wine here now mm. <laughs> i realized i haven't drank wine in a long time oh jesus man that's all i've been drinking every weekend like, <laughs> like, yeah, no, like last the last few, few weeks since i've been just drinking cans of guinness <laughs> like it's because like i can't go to the pub for a guinness so i've been trying to make up for it yeah i know what you mean just trying to like <laughs> this is this is like what's like fucking three times the size of a head it's still better than nothing <laughs> <laughs> So um, the last time we were chatting, we were going to talk about TV shows and stuff. Yeah. Have you been watching anything good? Oh, you, uh, actually, you sent me one there uh, last night, was it? Yeah, I actually only watched the first episode so far. I kind of I do want to watch more though. It's very, very good. Or like, it's very. Uh, I was reading about it and it seems to be quite a slow burner, but that's fine. Like, but it's yeah. like Alex Garland is. It's between him at the moment. I don't think Alex Garland. I'm going to pronounce this guy's last name wrong. Dennis Finnett Finn. You get the arrival. Denis Villeneuve is how I heard it's supposed to be oh, pronounced. Denis sounds, which uh, is always sounds a bit pretentious when you try and say like a, a weird French name or whatever it is. But well, sure. that's what it's supposed to be said. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, to to me, like it's a hard 
tell yeah. of who, who's I'm, the best science fiction, hired science fiction person probably at the moment. And like, yeah, but, I'm so excited for Dune. Yeah, same. Like, that's going to be fucking incredible, I imagine. Mm. But then... But then that TV show devs, like, I only watched the first episode so far. I'll probably I'll have it finished by next week. It's a, it well, seems very good, very hard. Sci-fi. Yeah, that's a good. I think that's a good um, amount to have seen that you can you can probably sell it, or if you can sell it on that, like if you can give a description of what it kind of, of what you like about it and all, because like you can't spoil it because there's only one episode. So, so late on me. What's it about? Right. <laughs> Well, like this thing, because like, I haven't said much. What I do like is just that the the characters are pretty good and they're kind of they're pretty realistic. Like it's supposed to be like a guy essentially working for like it's in set in Silicon Valley, so it's one of those kind of like techie okay. places, but it's very yeah. serious. And the head of the place is actually played by Nick Offerman, and he comes in and he's like oh, eating yeah. salad. He's like eating salad with his hands, and he's kind of a cardigan. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be that like he's sort of hippie-ish, but you can tell that he's fucking. But even though you can tell that he's like really smart, it's kind of he does it well enough that he isn't acting like overacting it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like they're trying to be like over the top. It's very subtle. They're like, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the head. He's not like. Uh... But then there's just about him recruiting. The first episode is about him recruiting a guy into the devs department. Yeah. And then he goes into the devs department, and it's this unbelievable room, and he just tells him to sit down and look at a computer and it's just all code and he's like you'll figure it out take your time just figure it out and then i won't really say any more than that because it's like what the code leads to and oh it's pretty fucking like it was really like slow but intense like i still kept my attention the whole time although it was slow if you know what yeah. i mean it wasn't like i didn't feel it to be dragging or i didn't feel it to be boring i just felt it was very well paced yeah and i yeah definitely like it's weird like sometimes when i hear something slow i'm kind of like oh that means i probably like it Mm. <laughs> because usually like I remember someone te- saying Arrival was slow and I I didn't think that at all I heard that as well and I was like I didn't think that was slow I was no, like, like I was hooked on every moment of that. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I watched it I like paused it to go to the toilet or something I was like uh, like two hours in and I was mm. like whoa <laughs> so like mm. I think people just uh, people think slow if there's not like a lot of action and stuff but like you can Slow can be just totally engrossing, and like if it sucks you into the hang. world, then yeah, that's that's what you want. Hanging on every word, and like the, mm, the kind absolutely. of the, the sci fi aspect of it, I suppose, I like in that too, is that like you know, it's hard sci fi and it's very like it's not flashy, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, but you don't mind, like, even some hard sci fi can somewhat be flashy, it's just kind of it is. To my to what I think, you know, it's still pretty grounded. It's futuristic, yeah. but it's not. It's not like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred years in the future. It's like I imagine, like fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking but of flashy, speaking Sorry. of flashy sci-fi, did you watch AI? I did actually, and I fucking loved it. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But yeah. you know something about AI? What I remember about AI, I only thought he was in the parents' house. I genuinely thought like the entire movie was set in that house. It, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like, well, I, I never, I'd oh, never seen that before. It? Yeah, that was my first time watching it, mm. and uh, yeah, it was cool. Though. Like uh, it was, it was yeah. weird when I was watching it. I couldn't tell if it was like a sort of dated thing or if it was intentional. But I think after finishing it, I think it probably was intentional. But there was times where it felt very much like a horror movie. Yeah, it did. And I was ca- like, and and it feels kind of surreal at times. And I was, 
in my head, I was like, is this just what sci-fi was in like the early 2000s or is this a specific kind of choice? It's kind of like, it's, I kind of imagine it. It's like a kid's adventure story pretty much because he is a kid. Yeah. But you know the way they can be kind of dark at times, like, and kind of horrorish because the whole kind of reason it's kind of scary is although he's a robot, he is pretty much a kid. So it's a kid being in and, these. And he's, he's the most human character in it, weirdly. Yeah. The humans yeah. are all portrayed very, like, like monsters almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're hunting down like. They're all awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually wrote down a whole pile of notes on it, and I was like, I'm going to go way over the top here. I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Jesus, way more than that. Nine and a half pages of notes. <laughs> all right. Only, only a small wee notebook now, but I was still kind of like, hmm, yeah, yeah. Also, okay, well, let's get into it then. <laughs> if this is a podcast, I suppose we're supposed to be saying like spoilers is a lot. Can I discuss the um, movie? Yeah. Because well, we're both seeing it, so I don't know. Because I'm just wondering for that, like, should I go into it of saying stuff? Because we probably have some, I definitely have some stuff that was going to be very specific to like, you know, the end of the movie and stuff like that. Okay. Well, well, it's a it's a 19 year old movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, sure, I'll I'll put a spoiler notice in the edit, and I'll give a time frame whenever we're done talking about it. For if anyone doesn't want to, yeah, have okay. a spoiler yeah. for themselves. That sounds pretty, pretty much the best way to do it because it's the best. Yeah. Way to but uh, I suppose the first. Thing so is... I, I suppose to start, um, do you recommend? Would you advise someone sees it if they haven't seen it? Yeah. I or would. actually, even better, seen as you've seen it, this is your sec- this is your second time seeing it. Yeah, no, I seen it years ago beforehand, so I couldn't yeah. really remember it. So, well, would, yeah, you, my second so time. would you advise someone watches it first of all, and then would you advise someone watches it a second time if they have seen it before? Yeah, if it's been a while, I would definitely recommend it. What about you? Yeah, I think it's definitely worth a watch. It's um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think it was. I I think as well that for being like a twenty-year-old film or nineteen-year-old film. The hey, it's Owen here, just hopping in for a second. Um, this episode is running a little bit long, so what I did was I divided it into two. So if you want to skip all the talk about AI, you can just jump to part two of this episode, although there's plenty of other stuff we talk about too. So I'd stick around if you uh, don't mind listening to two boys talk about robots for a while. Even the, like the the opening scene, whenever um, the like professor is given the um, demonstration, oh, yeah. and he like the 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 woman's face kind of opens up. I was like, "Whoa, that looks good." Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It didn't look cheesy, even like you know, it didn't look like at the time it was cutting edge and it still looks pretty fucking good. Like, um, I don't know. So my first thing I wrote was, "If a robot can love a person." What about the person the robot loves? I, don't, I think that's one of the main things in the first side of the movie. Yeah, that was. I remember that it's like the first conversation. Um, someone brings it up to the guy, and it's like, um, yeah, there's a sort of moral dilemma they're having, and it's like, what about the person? What about the robot? Yeah. Because mm, then that was leading into whenever they you find out about the imprinting, wrote down about the imprints like irreversible. So it's like. Yeah, if, if you do have to, like that's someone like destroying essentially what could be seen as their own child. Yeah, but it's but it's not living. But it could be like if the person does love them, and then somebody decides to go destroy it. 
which would be fine. It's very but, that could yeah. be very tolling on someone. Very... And I feel like I feel like what like sort of the the subtext in a way there was that like that's just how any child feels anyway. Like if you have a child and that is the reality of their um sort of interaction with their parent, they're gonna love it no matter what. And like you can't Yeah. Yeah, if that's you, true. If you choose to have a child and that's your responsibility, then you know it's like a Yeah, it's like calm down. I thought that was just interesting. It's very yet again a very dark aspect of it. Yeah. Compared, like that was there's a lot of dark stuff like that. I thought yeah, it was, it was all very like questions. like yeah, there was a there was a strange sort of thing like the whole time I was like, this is just it felt kind of weird and unsettling at times and yeah, it's like and like I say, I was wondering, I was wondering if that was just the kind of because I know like I mentioned Arrival earlier, that was kind of in my head a lot because that's kind of one of my favorite examples of modern um, uh, sci-fi, and I was thinking of Blade Runner too. Same director, like the the remake, yeah. How, like how like realistic the sci-fi feels. Where the, in this movie, this it's felt a bit uh, surreal. Mm. And I was wondering, was that a t- um, a timely thing? Because some Is of it, it felt very real, and some of it felt kind of weird. Like the mm. the part with the you know when this guy is like riding around on motorbikes that lit up. <laughs> yeah. That that part I was like, this looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I was but like, I was like, that's that's very cyber punky, and it's like, yeah. But it, it's just because that was such a contrast to the start, which is just such a lovely, nice home. Also, all the climate change—I completely forgot about that. Actually, sorry, this is a very climate-conscious movie as well. That's right. Yeah. In a very, in a very back. It starts off with a monologue about uh, everything being underwater and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, and then they go to Manhattan at the end, and it's underwater. Yeah. I was like, geez, that's pretty actually ahead of its time for like how fucking crazy the climate like, crisis is right now. <laughs> yeah, just that's always like a. I don't know. Every time I see, like, especially like an old movie with the talks about like, um, like climate climate change and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, we haven't done anything about it yet. <laughs> it's like yeah, it just yeah. feels more real. Yeah, because it's like this has been going on for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the cyber. I actually was thinking as well when I seen the whole cyberpunk thing. I thought it was funny because I'm almost finished Altered Carbon. Now. I'm about a hundred pages away. That's all cyberpunk. Oh yeah. And then I'm. Pretty much finished Neuromancer, but I read it before anyway, so no, and that's cyberpunk, but that's like the originator of But also, a main character in that, or one of the main things of that, is an AI. And I also oh, finished yeah. another audiobook this week, which was entirely about an AI. <laughs> what was that one called? <laughs> uh, we Are Legion, We Are Bob. It was all right, like Neuromancer would be better. We Are Legion, We Are Bob's kind of. Neuromancer is a comic, is it right? Am I right? No, it's a book. Or am I thinking of something else? Must be thinking of something else. Neuromancer's uh, a book. I'm, I'm thinking of that. Uh, what's that comic where it's like roughly based on Hunter S. Thompson? Is it like a... Oh, you're thinking of Transpolitan. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got that mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Neuromancer's a book. It's the book. It coined the term cyberspace and matrix. Oh. And it would be one of the most heaviest influence on the Matrix film. One of the characters is pretty much straight up Trinity. And there's even like a city called Zion in it. Oh wow! And there's people flying around. Yeah, it's uh, you can see it has a massive influence. But Neuromancer sort of started cyberpunk. But the, the, what is funny is, is reading up about it, and I read like a like an, a short essay on it and stuff. Is 
he wrote it kind of pretty much in a year, really, after giving it to his publishers. But during that year, Blade Runner came out, and he got really, like, kind of being like, fuck, everyone's going to think I'm just ripping off this movie. Like, I've been mean, yeah. working on it for, like, the past year. And he's like, everyone's going to think I'm just trying to fucking, like, you know, like, get money off this movie, you know? But then it became... That happens oh, a lot, though, where, like... A similar um, idea comes out. Yeah. Because, like, they're both... Like, Blade Runner and Neuromancer are both cyberpunk, but they're still both very different. Like, is, is Blade Runner the idea of replicants and androids? And then Neuromancer is... You follow a guy who hacks into the Matrix. He's essentially a hacker, but, you know, it's, like, pretty much like them going into the Matrix and the Matrix. It's like a virtual world, but it's not, like, our world. It's virtual cybernet, so you use it to, like, hack into corporations and stuff like that. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? They're both cyberpunk, but one deals with more the idea of people like hack like big mega corporations people hacking in and the other one deals with like androids two <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very different but in still the similar setting i'm trying to think of um there was an example of that sort of two things happened at the same time a more recent example um was that movie summer of 84 have you mm. heard of that no it like it was in production at the same time as like stranger thing was and then it was like it was so so similar. It was like kids going around their neighborhood on um, bikes and everything, and it was like a kind of there was a similar kind of mystery. Mm. Except it was about like the height of the, you know remember, you know that kind of fear in the eighties of like kids going missing and everything. Yeah, and stuff all out there. Like, yeah, uh... and they had that same kind of thing where they were like, "Fuck, you know, <laughs> Stranger Things is out now, and we've just made this movie that's the exact same thing almost." It's gonna look like a ripoff, and it's gonna come out yeah. like a week later. It's like, yeah, we one week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that weird kind of like geisty thing. Well, I was I was even gonna say in a recent one, it was like two days apart in Ireland, wasn't it? Where it was like right, the pubs were closed, and then like two days later, there was uh, Ireland like in second trials for creating a test to test the confirmed coronavirus in fifteen minutes. Like it was definitely a complete coincidence. But what was that, sir? Did you not see that? It was the two days after the pubs closed, um, like some company in Ireland, some pharmaceutical company developed a test or released that they've developed a test to like detect coronavirus in like 15 or 20 minutes or something like that. But it no. just happened. Did you not hear that? No. It's Because like, I don't know if it actually got fully into funding or anything like that. It might just still be in a testing phase, but it was a good step forward. But it just happened to they released that two days after the pubs were closed in Ireland. Did you not see that? <laughs> So it was like the coincidence because I seen it online. It was like it's, I know this is only this is pretty funny. It's like because it's the two. It was the two top headlines and like the Irish Times something online on the website. Wait, was the Irish Times? It was an Irish news website, and it was like uh, lockdown. You know, started pubs closed till whenever, and then the second one was like testing kit developed in Ireland can detect coronavirus in fifteen minutes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. Uh, was it Family Guy? Um... When like the if Ar- or Ireland was like this advanced country oh, yeah, until they like, discovered whiskey, yeah, and then they just start <laughs> then they just start fighting. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I I love that scene. Uh, yeah, art art reflecting reality or mm. re- re- reality reflecting art maybe. You know, I don't I don't know if this <laughs> yeah. is entirely true, but I always remember hearing this before about Ireland. But it was like we like we were advancing really really quickly in a lot of things and then it was actually like the invention of whiskey and in like 300 years we had no major advancements <laughs> here and whiskey is not an invention to be sniffed at <laughs> yeah that's true but like... 
I just I was just looking up here as a, as we were talking that summer of '84. I just wanted to make sure that was mm. one of the directors of Turbo Kid. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I love Turbo Kid. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's um, Mad Max with kids. Yeah, <laughs> on bikes in Canada. Yeah. I think Which I loved as well. Like the the bike thing's so simple, but it it just makes sense. It's like well, I, I love there's you there's know, no fuel, know. so obviously everyone's on bikes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like <laughs> it's like it looks funny, but it's like post-apocalyptic uh, cyberpunk. Um, mm. Post-apocalyptic cyberpunk gore fest. Yeah, I've never been very right. violent. <laughs> it so. is. It's very big movie fans, but I love you know they do a chase scene on the bikes. It's oh, just yeah. them like cycling really fast. It's just yeah. I thought that was fantastic. And uh, what's that guy? The the evil uh, guy. Ironside is his second Mike, yeah, Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside, yeah, he's brilliant in it. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're getting off the topic of AI here. So where are we in the notes? Um, we uh, just covered the first thing, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wrote down I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, can we talk about how great Taylor Joel Osmond was in it? Oh yeah, he's fantastic. He isn't was it? fantastic. The whole time, like that. Like, like the whole bad. time I was watching, I was like, "Is this the greatest child actor ever?" Mm. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, move over. <laughs> Why can't he stay a child actor? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, he he because he, he, he holds the entire movie. Like, there's very few scenes without him. Like, yeah, I watched. Um, I, I actually watched like half the movie last night, and then I watched half of it this morning, mm. and then I watched um, movies with Mikey. He did a video on it there a few years ago. Do you know him? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think I've heard maybe somebody else act about him. I watch like Mr. Sunday movies and stuff. Like. It could have been me. I talk about him a lot. <laughs> could be you then. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he did a video on it and he was talking about Halo Jawsman as well. And one of the scenes he talked about was whenever his mom's like leaving him and the decides to, she's going to bring him back home and then decides to abandon him because that's way more humane and yes. motherly of her. Yeah. But there's like that wee realization on his face whenever he discovers and he starts like pleading with her yeah or even i even loved actually the when she does the imprinting is that what they call it yeah the imprint like whenever she says the last word his face just changes yeah it just lights up because it's that's just like mother and he loves her it's almost like it's like he's he's like they're kind of smiling just like i don't really know what's going on she's the last word in his face just like turns into this face of like adoration mm. and she's kind of like are you okay and he's just like mom yeah, Jesus, it's very good. Yeah, very. Okay, very I wonder good. what age is he in, in the movie? Is the Mikey thing? It said he was just fresh off of doing uh, Six Sense. Jesus, he must have been young. You know? Jesus, that's a hell of a few fresh off. Like that's two absolute yeah. <laughs> movies back to back. I don't know. I'd imagine he's only like ten or something, which is incredible. Because fucking... yeah, it's amazing. Like, like with usually with child actors, you're kind of like, oh, that was grand. Like I didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever actually just been properly impressed by a child actor before yeah i know what you mean like they're it's never they're never they're never going to be as good as like an adult actor but yeah it's more just like uh, I'll, I'll i'll give it a pass <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah fantastic mm-hmm. um also wrote down i thought this is funny it's like because uh, of that corporation it means in that kind of universe you can have a 30-day free trial of having a having a child and see if you want one <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah um Take i don't know why back. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like nah, nah not not for me and we shouldn't I have think... any more people because climate change on so. <laughs> yeah it's like uh 
It's like we decided to get a dog instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bring the back to Nah, nah. Uh, do you want to try a wee girl instead? Nah, we got a puppy. Uh... <laughs> I loved um you know whenever um he gets introduced? It's like the the father guy, what's his name? Henry, is it? Yeah, Henry, yeah. He's like showing what's her name? Like Henry and started with M, didn't it? Was it like um, Henry and can't remember the mum's name? Ma- uh, Monica. That's it. Monica. Monica. So like whenever he's like sort of introducing like, the the doors open and he's like all out of focus and he looks like an alien. Mm. I thought that was really cool. It's like the way he like looks like that stereotypical he was so out of focus that he's got like a big head and like a thin neck and a thin body which also yeah. kind of comes into it at the end as well yeah never a cop maybe that's a wee subtle nod to because I wouldn't well, be surprised then if you looked at it is there like a similar scene of maybe the first time you see the aliens well what, what I was initially reminded of was um, you know when like the likes of um, Close Encounters yeah that's how you see them as well even when they come out of a ship isn't it it's that like exact same pretty much the exact same thing Oh, I can't think now. It probably is. You're probably right. I just can't. I think it's Ghost Encounters. It. It's one of those like old school sci-fi. It's one. one of those classic sort of um, alien introduction things. Mm. But the movies that Mikey thing was saying, the way he interpreted it was that the the aliens at the end weren't actually aliens. They were just uh, an advanced form of AI, and that's why that uh, connection was made. Oh, okay. And that's why they want. That's why when they find um, David, they're like, oh, we just want you to be happy and stuff, because he's basically their ancestor. Yeah, and that's why they want it. Yeah. I, did, I will admit, I find that very touching, that whole last day yeah, thing. I thought, like, I think they end. Yeah, we should, uh, we should, we'll get to that, I think, because that that'll be a whole... Oh, yeah, that'll be a whole other thing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. That's also right, that I always, like, as long as I can remember, always pretty much exactly could remember the pool scene. Because I always thought that was wild heartbreaking. Oh, I know, man. I know he's a robot, but he's like, because he, he, he's, he's scared of getting hurt. And, you know, and he holds on to his brother because he sees oh him as his God, brother. Because hey. he can't understand his brother's being a bit of a dick to him at times. And then, like, he holds on to him and he's just scared. That's you know what, what I mean. mean. Like, that's that's what I mean about, like, the, David's the most human character in it. Like Yeah, like, you feel for him. He gives his brother this present and then just gets, like, abused and then fears for his life. And, yeah. and, and then he can't even, like, take care of himself and like he's just lying in the pool in the bottom and he's just but oh I, I don't God, even think I... about like the idea of taking care of himself it's the fact that he's like looking to be saved and he's looking to his family and of course they'll save him what he he's going to yeah, die but he, they, they but just leave him they wrestle him away they're like yeah oh. and he's but he's then he's like incapable of saving himself he just lies at the bottom of the pool it's like like um that movie's I'm just going to keep referencing this movie's Mikey because he's probably thought about it more than me so <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he talked about he brought up the um, the five laws. Is it the five laws? Three laws? Uh, the three laws of robotics. Three laws of yeah. robotics. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how yeah he doesn't abide by those laws. Like he do, like he and not only does he is he not he's able to harm a human, but he also harms himself. Yeah. It's like it's so weirdly like sort of. Yeah, that's true. I actually never thought about that. True enough, he doesn't follow the the laws of yeah. robotics. But I think that's kind of the point too, in a way. It's like he's um 
Because he's not a robot, because he's artificial intelligence. He's, yeah, he, he's so like, human that he can. He's like the next human. level, yeah. Mm. He, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's to the point where he is the most human that they've ever made, like, which I really like too. It's like, what, what is the, how do we make the step from every other AI to this next level? It's like you make them capable of love. Yeah, of, of feelings, like the, the yeah. fear, everything. But supposedly enough, though, but you're so true on the fact that he is the most human character. He's the one you feel for the most. And yeah. Just... Even Jude Law, you feel for most more than most other characters, I feel. Yeah, because he just gets set up. And then it's just, he's, he's, yeah. he, I actually quite like, he's a good character. Like, I love the idea of him, like, the idea of what his robot was. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I thought it was very interesting, very cool. It's like, yeah, of course they do. You know what I mean? Of course, yeah, they make these child robots that are, like, unbelievable. It's like, of course they make sex robots. But of course, if they're going to be like that, they're going to outshine a human. They're going to have to have yeah. all these weird and special features. But the whole click and the music goes on. I was like, yeah. I don't know. That's I, I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's this weird kind of character. Like, the tap dances around and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. That's what I mean. Like, he's kind of, well, imagine it sometimes as a children's adventure story. He seems like a very character typical of that. If you know what I mean, because he just they made up randomly, and he's very yeah. kind of quirky and kind of eccentric and all. But he's gonna look after him, and he ends up even though he's he's, he's like Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the robot, the maybe sex Teddy, robot maybe Jiminy Teddy's, Cricket. maybe Teddy's Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that after, even like the weird, like city. Is it what's the city called again? With all the women. That's oh yeah. Oh, I remember. Actually, I, I wrote something. About, oh yeah, I wrote something about this because it's called Rue City. Yeah. Which is red, which is red city, and they say it's a city full of women, and I just thought that was not the best choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just, just my thoughts on the matter. <laughs> I imagine uh, I, I took it to sort of um, make it reminiscent of like Moulin Rouge or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was. I think I was just making a bad joke. <laughs> but yeah, the, afterwards it kind of reminded me of the um, knowing Pinocchio. They go to like the. It's a weird town where they all got turned into donkeys. What's that called? Oh again? yeah. Oh, I can remember. There's like Monstro and everything. That kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of that. But yeah, it's all kind of a weird fairy tale. That's kind of what it is in a way. Yeah. It's like a it's like and a that, sci-fi uh, version of a, of a fairy tale. That um, you know the uh the thing that they recite. You know when they go and meet um Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Hi, did you get that too? I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> Is that Robin Williams? Yeah, that yeah. was great. It was such an unexpected little cameo. I did not know that. I, was... yeah, I thought it was fucking class. It really made me like, wait a minute, like that. Yeah. Really, really delighted for some reason. Yeah, me too. And I wasn't sure. And then when it kind of gets serious and he reads the wee bit of poem, the poem mm-hmm. thing, which I actually have here because it's from a WB Yeats poem. Oh, right. I actually read it the other day, and I was, or like maybe last week. And I was oh, like, what? I was like, that's, oh, that's I, I know that. It's definitely Yeats. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so he's got a poem called The Stolen Child. Mm. And every stanza ends with this little, um, that little thing. Come away, go human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in the hand, for the world's more w- full of weeping than you can understand. Wow. That's why every... Every stanza ends. Yeah. So yeah, that was just weird. I was like, I know this. <laughs> yeah, that's class, <laughs> Yeah. Stolen child, too. Mm. So. 
Very fitting. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think I'm trying to. I'm trying to get things in order in my head. I like mm. the flesh fair. Was that what it was called? Yeah, the one where they just blow apart all the robots. Yeah, it reminded me of like uh, Mad Max or something. Yeah, it was. It was like, but it was like junior Mad Max. It was like, yeah. why Mad Max eventually developed, standing here. <laughs> yeah. And Brandon Gleason, I was not surprised. Everyone was surprised. I only knew of Jude Law and Taylor Jawsman. They were the only people I actually knew that were in it. Yeah, same. I didn't want to see Brandon Gleason. I was like, oh, unreal. And he had like his accent. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I thought it was interesting. I think it was in the earlier part of the movie, but it was like kind of a say something about fifty years. Like don't be alive in fifty years. And I thought it was interesting because the robots they don't think of that as too long or like you know that kind of way. Impossible to fathom of fifty years time because if he is so human, it's kind of interesting that that kind of aspect of like he doesn't. He may be as human as possible, but he also doesn't see time. However, the same way that we do, because he can live pretty much forever. Yeah, I didn't realize he wasn't there. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, uh, last thing I asked was, uh, did the wee shit of a brother remind you of Tony Foster? <laughs> of who? Tony Foster. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the whole time I was, the whole time I was like watching, I was just like, he reminds me of someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually now that you say that. That's so true. <laughs> He's such a wee shit, hey. Yeah, he's just a wee dickhead, but he but he only do a lot when he can't tell because I don't think he can understand it because he's so naive. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. I actually, what you missed, what I was saying is there's like a throwaway line kind of at one point where like um, some robots are talking or something and they don't think 50 years is too time, obviously, because they can live forever. I thought that was kind of interesting because then that means that like the main yeah, guy, he, he, can yeah, he asked forever. Teddy if 50 years is a long time and Teddy's like, I don't think so. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting because he is so much like a human, but he's immortal now. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's um, we're supposed to, to we're supposed to pick up on that with the ending whenever two thousand years pass. Mm, you know, fifty yeah. years isn't a long time. It is, you know, for it's a robot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I did, I did, I did find it interesting the idea of that because of the robot that I think the kid kind of is, their child is kind of mean to him because he's sort of jealous. Yeah. You know, I did like that kind of aspect that he is jealous of this machine. Like, it, 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 like it, I, it's like even though he was a little shit, <laughs> you kind of can't fault him. Mm. Like, he didn't have a brother, and now he has to contend with this weird robot guy that basically took his place while he was. Gone, or whatever. Yeah, well, he was sick. Like, it would be very hard to deal with. And he's also, like, because he is so young as well, like, that, you know, how, how, how would you understand these things? And he's ill. <laughs> yeah. And he probably grows up in a world where, like, the, the, like this is the first robot that is like him. Mm. Like, one of the things we we see from the likes of Joe is that, like, he's aware that he's just kind of a tool or whatever. Yeah. He's he's aware that he They're, is like, like no, for a no, function. Yeah, none of the other robots are really human. Mm. Yeah, because like kinda... he's the whole, whole time Joe's like I'm a sex robot. You know, I make do things for girls and never go back to men. And then yeah. the whole time, I suppose, Hilary Joe Osmond is like I'm a boy and I need to get back to Monica. 
Yeah, like everything everything Joe does is based on his program and everything everyone does is based on their program. And so it's so I'm sure Martin probably just was like, oh, this is another dumb robot that just does his programming. Yeah. Just like Teddy. And there was a yeah, there was a point brought up in the uh by uh, Mikey where um when David's about to get killed by the acid. Mm. And there's a woman jumps up. He's like, oh, please don't kill me, whatever. And there's a woman jumps up and says, oh, Mecca don't, uh, Mecca don't plead for our lives, even though we've actually just seen every other robot plead for their life. lives. <laughs> so he was like, he was saying that one of the, basically one of the messages in the movie is that humans are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, can you imagine? It was like, they don't plead for their lives and we're the robots. I, I, I want to be alive. <laughs> I don't want to die. I like that little moment, even when like the there's a robot asks for his pain receptors to be turned off. Yeah, I like that too. I really like that. And then he's like, "Thank you." So like, this, 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 that, that was... random Chris Rock cameo. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was so weird. The random Chris Rock cameo, and like Ermy's in it. The guy from Full Metal Jacket. The he's one of the robots on. He's the one with the face with the screen. He's you know the the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, but the Chris Rock one was really weird. I just came out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He uh, says, like, a line and then gets shot out of a cannon or something, isn't that? Yeah, <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> He's also, as far as I can tell, the only black robot I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe robots and black people it, uh, gets a bit close to slavery, you know? Yeah, it's a bit of, <laughs> it's a bit like, of an allegory yeah. there. <laughs> Just an, uh, an avenue you didn't want to go down. Um, I did find it was interesting as well. Actually, just before that, um, you know, whenever they're like gonna get rid of him first, and I did find it interesting that his dad being like, "If he can love, he can hate." You know, yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Like, because then it's like, because because he was the one that initially wanted to get the robot. Yeah. Obviously, but now he has his child back and he has his life back. I suppose, and it's like, why did I get this extra kid? <laughs> And in a way, that kind of is what it's about. Like, because once they introduced love to him, they introduced the, everything else that yeah. makes you human. Exactly. It's not just love. It's not all peaches. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, geez, David has a, has a bad time, eh? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And he doesn't understand half what's going on. <laughs> mm. But, oh, yeah, that's... Um, I was thinking as well, what was interesting is about the... Sorry, bring it back to the pool scene. The pool scene where he yeah. holds him down is that would have been avoided if they treated him like a human. Yeah. So, like, a big part of it, I think a lot is that, like, you know, if they did treat David, if he was treated as a human or treated with respect, there probably wouldn't have really any problems. Yeah. But you that's know? kind of what I'm saying, too. They're used to a world where you can just treat these robots like, like, shit, so like they're they're going tools or toys, as they refer to them as well. Mm. I was just wondering if that was a question of it, or that's just a question. I was going to say, you know, at a certain point, could you classify AI as, like, life enough to not murder them? You know, who knows? Not us. We will not know. <laughs> yeah. But um, That's what happens at the, at the fe- flesh, what's it called? Flesh fair? Flesh fair, yeah. Yeah. That they make that choice then, where they're like, oh, no, we don't want to kill this one. Mm. Appeals, um, finally appeals to their better nature their, they see the humanity I, uh, I, I, oh yeah I haven't written down I did I did kind of like the stars I thought that was interesting 
Like the what, sorry? <laughs> the style of the cars and stuff. Just have that done somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was uh, everything was pretty cool, like the set wise and design wise. Mm. So I'm kind of gonna flick through my notes a wee bit. I think I'm kind of getting all over the place here because <laughs> I'm only up in my notes now to Chris Rock cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed actually on that scene at the flash fair. You know the scanner effects. You know mm. when they scan them. I thought that was actually still really well done. Yeah. I thought that was class. It there was, was really... n- nothing felt dated at all. Yeah, I know. Like, that's what I couldn't believe. Like, even like when uh, Teddy walking around and stuff, that all felt like real and yeah, that looked class. And uh, um, Robin Williams, <laughs> Doctor No, yeah, yeah, all that animation. And oh, there was a really class camera movement where the camera goes like behind the oh, yeah, it, holographic it... images and it reflects all the light. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, and it looks at both of them sitting there. Yeah, I thought that was so well done. Like going to the, through the back of the hologram, that was class. Although there was a weird, there was one weird one I noticed. Because a lot of the times I was like, "This is all really well done." Like I really like. There's a a scene at the dinner table where the camera is above them, and it's like looking through. There's a hole in like the lamp, mm. the light above the dinner table. There's a hole in it, and it's like looking through at David. And then it moves down, and it gets everyone else, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." But then the scene where he gets left behind by uh, Monica, when he's like in the rearview mirror and he's running, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> like that, that one felt really weird." And I was like, "I was like, there's moments where I was like, this is great, and moments where I was like, that's weird." <laughs> yeah, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> and I like, I want like, I wonder if it's purposely supposed to be a bit jarring, or if at the time that was really cool, or yeah, trying to tell with like these things well. like, yeah. It's true. Like, it's hard to know if, like, maybe that was, like, a style or a thing directors were even doing at the time, possibly, mm. you know, like, in a way. Um, I think that was the only time that happened, though. Um, I'm trying to see what my still doctor know. Home. Knowing it's Robin Williams. Um, I did find it interesting comparing the child bot to a sex bot, and it's like, he's just like, oh, we're just both a service. That's coming coming back to what we were saying. No, it's just kind of interesting because he still can't see himself as a service. You know, Joe can. Yeah. I was actually thinking about something. Um, normally he he kind of has a, I don't know. When whenever David finds out that he's not unique and original, he kind of like loses it. Yeah. Um, I actually listened to an episode of Russell Brand's podcast there on Thursday, I think it was. Mm. And he had this guy on, and they were talking about narcissism. I think that the title of the episode was, um, Can Narcissism Ever Make Us Happy? Oh, really? And the guy wrote this book called Selfie, and he and did a lot of research into this whole thing. But he talked about this politician in the 70s or 80s, 80s, I think it must have been, actually. Um, who came up with this idea of self-esteem as a social vaccine? Basically, if you if you have good self-esteem, then you can you'll be great, you'll be fine, you'll do well in life, you'll you'll um be successful, you'll mm. be uh you'll be a better player in the level or game. I think was one of the quotes. Oh, really? And uh, at the time, everyone kind of took it, thought it was like stupid and stuff i think like comedians are kind of taking the piss out of it and stuff like that but then he 
came out and said, Anna, got it worked out here, got some professors from Harvard. They back me up. They say, this is true. This is all real. And then that kind of affected parenting and everything for for the next, like, 10, maybe 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why uh, participation trophies became a thing. That's why parents, you know, were all like, oh, you can, you're, you can be great. You can do anything. Because this was, like, they believed that if they just told their children that everything, they'd be great, then they'd do well they, in life. They would be and, great. Yeah. And then even himself, the guy that wrote the book, said that he had all these problems and he was trying to solve them and he followed this, these rules as well of like, oh, it's, it's my self-esteem that's holding me back. And then eventually, like only like six years ago, he found out it was all bullshit. He talked to one of the guys and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we made that up. That we, we never proved it at all. We just said we did. Jesus and he, Christ. Yeah, and he was like, what the fuck? That means all this work I've been doing, all these things I believe to be true about myself are all a lie. Jesus and yeah, Christ. Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, that's yeah. A, that's a bit intense. Hey, do I know ruin yeah. entire life? Like, why did you just fucking lie to somebody? Like, like, live your life. It's like, yeah, that was complete bollocks. Jesus Christ. But I, I just saw, I saw that whole thing of uh, David um, feel like whenever he found out he wasn't unique, I, f- I felt like I drew a parallel. I was like, that's a product of that mentality. I feel like oh. it's like, oh, yeah. we have, to, it's like a human, a human trait is to believe that we're unique and special and stuff. Mm. But we're but we're not, and then whenever yeah, because he loses yeah. it or he finds out because he's just. In, I did find it was interesting too. Many like there's a female version of it as well. Yeah, that was kind of like Jesus Christ. I'm not unique at all, and there's also like different versions or different like variants of me. <laughs> Which I know yeah. like it's just. I, I just wondered if that was more resonant at the time, at the time because I, I found like you know when the doctor told him what are, he, he said something like you're the the first of something unique or something he said something like that oh yeah he's a, he said you're the start of something unique was it yeah yeah something like that and i was like oh sure that's grand yeah <laughs> but then david freaks out and i was like wondering if at the time when that was more ingrained i suppose would that have been more resonant or yeah i know what you mean it's hard, it's hard to know because don't know at the time but i would like to I did, I did. Personally, I was like, "Oh, that's that's good enough for me." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I did. I did find it interesting that, like, the kind of because there's that kind of scene, and you're kind of like, oh, so it turns out then, obviously, the creator of David, he must have lost his son or something, and uh, yeah. he drove his like life's work into it. It's like, is that why it's so good, and that's why it's so? Is that why he is so childlike? Because he just wanted to create. He probably didn't create like essentially his child really couldn't fully recreate that, so he just created essentially what he tried to view as the perfect child. Yeah. And that's why he's so sweet and naive and... I don't know. Yeah, like he says, like, um, my son was unique. Yeah. But you're not. Mm. Which I guess kind of goes back to the whole thing of, like, him seeking a parent's love and... Not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did find it interesting. Did you just notice around that time there was a cameo from Phil Coulson from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, obviously it's a cat wasn't a cameo it is now but it's just him as an extra oh uh, yeah actually I think um, <laughs> Clark Gregg Mikey, Mikey, Mikey brought that up too oh did he yeah he was like oh there's a there's a thing. <laughs> I just said it I was like oh, what the hell <laughs> but that was funny um, what's 
Is there anything else before we get to the ending? I don't know. I like the wee thing about Manhattan. It's like the end of the world. It's Manhattan. Yeah, I it's actually I really man. enjoyed that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did like this one. I did like the whole idea that his first memory is a bird because I first thought about that. His first memory going to be a bird because it's supposed to be like you know birds could be like free. Yeah, flying around, you know, that kind of way, and it's like a peacock. And then I, I did kind of think it was going to be coming, but I like the way it's his first memory. So it's the first time he must have gotten them somewhat working. It was just a view from where he was working. Yeah, whenever she goes to leave him back, you see this. You see the statue then. Yeah. Um. What else? Coming to terms and never being real and being human. Have that written down? Wait, what? Sorry. It's like, oh yeah, this is what I saw. Like he's coming to terms with the fact that he's never being real never going to be human like is, could that possibly be for something as well like is that like, humans coming to terms with like stuff that we'll never ever be able to achieve in life you know what i mean would that be uh, an idea behind that somewhat it's like i don't know i was just and that made me think about it a wee bit at that moment because like when he comes to terms with the fact that he'll never really be human and then yeah you know, could, could you ask are any of us ever really gonna fully be human which sounds a wee bit out there but do you know what i mean like well, he finally there, learns. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons that I this movie came to, into my head to watch was because uh, the story I've been working on at the minute is based around like free will, mm. and I had this idea of like oh, I actually don't think we do have the same amount of free will as we think we do anyway. Yeah. You know everything we like want work towards and all we we don't really actually choose to do it. It's all just from things in our past and yeah just outside kind of influences kind of directing us yeah. in a certain way whether we know it or not yeah like you don't choose your goals it's because whatever happened in your past and like i think that kind of is reflected in that like you know he's got this goal he, he has this need to to, to, to get love and all like and sure we yeah. all have that need as well yeah. I, I suppose that kind of that makes sense i just like i know as i was saying like Arthur Schopenhauer, he always said that, like, subconsciously, whatever we do, we actually do with the idea of attracting our ideal mate. And it was, yeah. it was to do with, like, the fact that, like, because we are, let's say, maybe we are, we're working a lot more on instinct than we like to think. We may be sentient, we may have, like, thought, but we are, and we have, we are still governed a lot more by, like, like instinct or our subconscious more than we like to think. And everything yeah. we do, every, the way we walk, the way we talk, what we wear, everything is just to try and attract the ideal mate. Which is then to obviously uh, re like to mate and then repopulate just to keep the species going. It's more of yeah. a it's more of an internal need that we need to do that. Yeah, and that's why. Which I think could be very possible. Like I wouldn't completely rule out something like that. Or just yeah, no, I think like yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely there's truth there. Like, mm. like there's still a lot we don't know. So like, it's really hard to tell. Hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, like so much is just like that. That is our basically our drive, isn't it? It's just to keep pass on the genetic information and and just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, like that's like if you want to get like to the sexual, but that's what a lot of that's what a lot a lot of species, pretty much every species would really do anyway. That's relying on instinct, so we're bound to somewhat be doing that. Yeah, but then I also like the idea. I think Arthur Schopenhauer said something like, "But we ourselves, like we don't even know." be you know it's like it's all inside of us somewhere but we'll probably never ever know it <laughs> kind of like that idea but that's like that's what you mean about like that's that's a lack of free will there that's 
Yeah, like we've got all these things that like like I've heard a few things recently and like just got me thinking. Like like even on you know when you have a thought? Mm. You didn't decide to have that thought. No. <laughs> There's things like that, like and uh even like every drive we have, it's like, well, oh, we need to eat because it's, you have to. And there's like all these things that we don't choose to do. We just have to do them. And Yeah. And so you grow up. But then like, if you take food, like food's a good example because of like different people around the world. And then they've like, we will develop palates and tastes. Like, so in Ireland, obviously it's potatoes. It's like they, potatoes are like naturally grew here, but eventually like a meal staple of our diet is, would be like with potatoes and stuff in them. But like, that now, even if we were to go to other countries and stuff, we're still going to eat that an awful lot, even though there's other options, because that's what we're brought up with. Yeah. So, like, there's a method of, like, not being free will in there, because we're going to be brought up. So, of course, and then we're not going to, like, other foods or possibly spicier or, like, different flavors. So that's kind of, like, um, that's a way that free will is sort of lost, but then you still choose to always eat it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of rambling a bit, but I think I hope I'm getting my point across. <laughs> but yeah, like another idea I was thinking about is like, say if say if someone knew absolutely everything about you, like they had your whole past and they knew your whole upbringing and everything, they could probably accurately predict everything that you do. Yeah, I always think that I always wonder about that stuff too. Or like if somebody was inc- like incredible, so good at psychology. Or like something like that to understand how the human mind really works. Could they? I think actually that'd be perfect. From like if you had a full description of a person, can you map out their? Like I feel like there could be some way. Like it's probably way theoretical or way out there, but definitely could like, could be possible. I did a fun uh, kind of experiment of this on on our good friend Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him if he believes in free will. And then he said, yeah. And I turned, I showed him the palm of my hand that I'd written the word yes on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, I knew you were going to say that though. <laughs> and then you should, it, it, it would have been funny though, if you had like, if you, fuck you Owen. And then it was just like, fuck you Owen. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> if you could map it well enough to just ruin his life. Then. <laughs> but I think one of the things I like about this idea, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of attracted to things that are a bit disruptive too. It's like, it's like, because I always just, I was like, oh yeah, we definitely have free will. But then thinking about it, I'm, it's like, maybe we don't though. And I just like this kind of disruptive idea of, you know, maybe everything isn't as we think. <laughs> yeah, or maybe we don't have as much free will as we think. I think it's actually healthy in a way. Because it kind of, it's like, um, it reduces your ego a little bit. I'm sure your ego is that it wants to believe that it's totally in control, control and it's itself, choosing yeah. everything. Yeah, and it's just a bit humbling to think that maybe you're not. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. It's fun to think about these things. It is fun to think about these things. Like the way I've been thinking about it in that story is like I I just started thinking then what would be someone that has total free will. So I had this idea of that, that would have to be a robot who doesn't have any past and doesn't have anything to influence it. It doesn't have to find food. It doesn't have to mate. Like you, that's no driving. It's got yeah. no external driving forces at all. It just has to make up be. its own choices. And then I was like, well, that would just, that would just cause you an existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you were sitting here right now and you had 
no driver ambition. Yeah. <laughs> you would, like, you would freak out. Yeah, but like, <laughs> You'd be like, I like, can do anything. Where the fuck do I start? <laughs> yeah, because, like, if, you, if you're brought up in a family around me, you're probably going to be musical family sports gonna have sports if you're brought up with nothing it's like or even like you could be you could you could um not want to do sports because your family yeah would, or sorry even that way like, reaction yeah, yeah but it's all related to yeah maybe you had a good experience with sports therefore you will follow sports maybe you had a bad experience with sports therefore you'll therefore go against you sports yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it's also it'd also be interesting in the interaction of someone who has a complete and utter free will to someone who does not yeah because what would be a, like because it's two both sides are on the outside looking in. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, would, the, like, play, the, place where, the place where my story and AI kind of diverged was like whenever this robot gets free will, it become it becomes human. Yeah, because it is has it? every possibility. It's it is is everything essentially human is supposed to have then. Yeah, it kind of it basically malfunctions. The way I had written it in is like its user dies. Yeah. And then, like, instead of, like, shutting down, it just, like, its kind of primary directive is open. But then it gains the ability to choose, to insert its own primary directive and there earns the choice to to do whatever it wants. Yeah. So in my story, free will is the thing that makes a human in, the, in AI its love. Oh, that's really interesting. It's a really good yeah. idea. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I've been trying to do that with, like, those wee thoughts that I have at the minute mm. and just being like, oh, like... Because I realize I do that all the time. I think of these wee scenarios, and then I just like keep them in my head. But lately, I've been trying to just write them down, and it's a fun way to explore them too. Because when yeah. you start writing, a lot of time you don't really know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. For the where one of our story starts, never ends. Probably two complete. Yeah, and you do, you don't know the ending when you start. You're just 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 going for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually ended up with a few people. I had a few ideas, all to do with robots. Last night, there's three kind of story ideas, or like just kind of wee things. It's like one was like, hmm, what would happen in this scenario? Or like, that's how I kind of usually come up with my ideas of being like, what about just like this situation? How does that develop? Like, of like yeah. a person in the situation? Yeah, that that's what I mean. Like, because a lot of the time, like it, for me, it's just make, making that realizing that when I come up with these ideas, I can make a story. Usually, mm. I just think about them, and be like, that's interesting, and then yeah. that's it. <laughs> so I'm just trying to make myself actually. Do something or, yeah. I ended up writing a wee bit today, but I'm still trying to like I am doing my best to focus on just the one thing. Now I am determined to try and get this finished and then I can do whatever yeah. I want, sort of. Not even necessarily finished or like isn't fully edited and everything, but just get the full first draft. Because yeah. I always go about halfway through and then go, Do you want know a good idea? <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard. Yeah. Okay. Um I suppose we're coming up kinda of more to less towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was wondering whenever you said that, like, maybe they're an advanced form of if they were more bioorganic, were they maybe a combination of both? But it was just, it was just me, because I think, I, think, I think a more advanced AI makes more sense. Yeah. Mm. See, I didn't really, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that analysis. Mm. I just took it as being that they were aliens, but... Yeah. I don't know, but see, because whenever... Because it looked like to me like it was somewhat the black was supposed to be flesh, but I thought maybe it was sort of circuitry looking like, which is supposed to be their veins whenever they light them up, whenever, yeah. he, whenever he woke them up. And I was kind of wondering, like, maybe it's just supposed to be like, eventually it was an amalgamation of both. Is that like the most, well, it wouldn't be the most human, but you know what I mean? It's like the most 
advanced life could be possibly would be a combination yeah. of both and then the way that it's because also the way that whenever they touched each other all the information flew through them yeah and it was lit up on their faces like that that wouldn't yeah. be that wouldn't be an organic thing yeah that makes sense yeah. bio-organic bio <laughs> <laughs> well like i suppose but isn't that a common kind of thing that like like there's there's that idea of um to do with like the singularity and all like basically life is supposed to evolve all the time so yeah. we're actually just here to we're supposed to make the next layer we're supposed to make the next um, the next step the next the yeah. evolution as well obviously evolution the, the improvement but then what if there does come a point where like you know if it's constantly evolving but is there an end you know is there like a perfect being or is there a fully evolved form and if so would that be affected then by the fact that like let's say if you do have organic and then you have machine would the combination of those then be better would that be a more perfect form of life and would it evolve that way that was a whole spiel but <laughs> mm. do you know what I mean yeah it could be bioorganic like that. maybe at some point humans discovered it the way to make something more human is to combine the two or... yeah or just you know Maybe getting fancy upgrades and then it goes too far, you know, instead of getting caught, you get robotic eyes and then it just yeah keeps going. <laughs> Which tech techno fetishism, I'm pretty sure that's in something. Sounds mm. <laughs> familiar, I can't remember what. Yeah, it does sound familiar. <laughs> um, Alter Carbon thing, is it? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking Alter Carbon. I feel like it's Alter Carbon, but it could be. Yeah, it could be. Def- definitely a cyberpunk thing anyway. Well, it's gonna have to be. So, <laughs> I think we're kind of going up to the end of the movie, and I suppose like so. Yeah, I think think. so. I can't think of anything else I wanted to talk about, really. Yeah, um, I like the ending. I thought it was happy. I was pretty happy with that last day thing. I uh, kind of like the idea that he got it. Yeah. Um, I was thinking I must actually look up the short story it's based on, the one by Brian Aldis, uh, Super Toys, last all summer long. Yeah. Uh, I must actually give that a read. I didn't realize it was based on that. I'm saying to the end. Yeah. Um, I did like the idea that the consciousness the consciousness comes back but then goes like back in. I kinda like that idea. So when they come back it is the person, but it's like a person at a place in time, but then they go back. Yeah, what was it what way did they put it again? It's like you the they said something about space time contains all information. Yeah, and it's like that's where their consciousness is and they are able to get into it, but yeah, and then once they lose consciousness, they can't get it. They can't like wake up. Yeah, because it's like the consciousness goes back into the stream. I I just kind of like that. That kind of whole because I do kind of like ideas like that of the idea of like yeah, consciousness like... is more of a pool rather than a unique thing. Like yeah. possibly all of our consciousness exists in another plane or form or whatever. And I just like the idea that maybe it's more of a pool. Yeah, rather than like I t- a singular. A singular I thing, took so. that as being to like the Nietzschean uh, eternal reoccurrence idea. What's that, sir? I, think I, I would say I don't know that. That's basically, it's basically the idea that um, the universe is going in a loop all the time. Like whenever this all dies out, it starts again mm. and goes on and on and on. But what that means is like everything that happens, well, I think there's kind of different interpretations, but basically one of the ideas is like if it all happens and it has to happen this way, then that means everything you do and everything that happens 
leads to every good and bad thing. So, like, anything that has ever happened in the history of the universe is responsible for every bit of happiness that you get and equally every bit of sadness you get. It's responsible for everything sort of sad that's happened, essentially. It's just like everything has to happen this way, so it just means everything is equally as important. Okay. And I I kind of like... One of the things I take from that is like that that means that everything that happens has always happened forever. Like things don't go away. Like that, it always is the case. That it's just in that we moment of of forever. Mm. That's kind of what I was thinking. Take or one of the it's kind of it's kind of parallels I was taking where it's like oh it's in it's in the what did they say again the the space space time. time. Yeah, yeah so it's always it kind of always becomes a fabric of space time. Yeah, and it's always there in some way, shape, or form. It may not be directly to you. It is there. Very interesting. Must look into that more. It's kind of in like a. It's a bit nihilistic and stuff, I suppose. To wee bit, but like, yeah, you can still see the positive in them. Say, so. I like, yeah, no, like I, I, I'm, I like the idea of like. Positive or optimistic nihilism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 shit. I understand it's shit, but I'm gonna make the best of this shit. Mm-hmm. Probably a very either off or understand bad view of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, I would definitely. I liked uh, Meryl Streep as the blue fairy. Was that Meryl Streep? I could not figure yeah. out who that was. Was that Meryl? It was, yeah, I was like, oh. I was thinking it was her, and then I, I, I stuck around for the credits at the end to make sure that all the all the people I suspected were actually them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was Robin Williams. I was like, that has to be. Yeah, no. Or a hell of an impersonator, but I, did, I could not cop Mark Meryl Streep. I should have to look I it up. The, I think that. the alien was uh, Ben Kingsley. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. He, he, was in it, he was in it somewhere, and when it came up in the credits, someone was Ben. I can't remember the name he had. It was like the director or the something mm. and he was he did a voice basically it said anyway and it was but it didn't give the name of the, the alien but there wasn't a name of the alien it was just like the the something you know what i mean yeah, it's some title instead of the alien or whatever it was called yeah but yeah that guy was ben kingsley because at the time i was like i know that voice yeah <laughs> <laughs> i actually missed that little bit like I was like, hmm. I, I was gonna guess it was probably somebody famous but i didn't I yeah me too i was like that's someone famous i don't know who though the yeah. Meryl Streep one I, I recognised or I suspected and then when I seen the credits I seen Meryl Streep's name and I seen Ben Kingsley <laughs> and Chris Rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah Chris Rock that's so funny so yeah worth a watch definitely worth a watch really enjoyed it um, yeah I just thought it was I saw it still held up really well I really did like it was so well done it really was so well done <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what What did you feel when it, did you take it as he like passes on at the end? I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about that. I kind of felt like they were maybe going for that, but I was like, he probably can't. I did kind of wonder, but like that's really. But it's like he falls asleep for the first time, and then the narrator says that he falls or he. Oh, he never wakes entered, up. Yeah. Yeah. No, he says he enters the realm of sleep for the fir- or the realm of dreams for the first time. Hmm. I wasn't sure because I was like, but I kind of thinking they kind of have to end it because there's no way really for that character to do anything else. Yeah, the way uh, Mikey put it was that um, 
he basically took the whole ending as like didn't really happen. Okay. Like he said that you see even Teddy, like Teddy wasn't still alive because there's no way he would have survived for two thousand years under yeah. ice. Which kind of makes sense. And there's no way he would have still had the the hairs. And like oh, this yeah. is this is all a kind of like invention by the the aliens or the AIs or whatever we want to call them. Yeah. And like, so the conversation that they have, you know, David is like, um, you know what? It's like they say they want him to be happy, and he says, you know what it'll take to make me happy or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So then the whole, so she's not actually back. They just make this, uh, this perfect day for him because they've seen all his, all his memories, and they know he's just had a fucking awful time. Yeah, and they're just so trying they to give him. So they give him this thing that they want, and then they euthanize him. Mm. Is the way Please. he took it. Even the way you were saying it there, though, I was making me wonder, because even the way that it's kind of shot differently, there's kind of a tinge to it, would that possibly be, doesn't Equator mention about the fact that, like, maybe he'll be, like, one to dream, or dreams comes into it? Maybe yeah. that's his dream as he's being euthanized, or maybe that's, like, yeah, maybe that's, like, what his dream is, or as you say, it's the last day of the AI, so maybe that's what he's dreaming, maybe that's just, and, and maybe, maybe up he bit. never wakes up, maybe that's, like, him in the helicopter still dreaming that. Hmm. Yeah, that could be it too. Mm. Or Mike even brought up the fact that it was the last that day is narrated as if it's a fairy tale, and that's kind of what he's been wanting the whole time is to he's been he's been trying to follow this fairy tale of Pinocchio the whole time, and then like finally he becomes part of his own fairy tale or whatever. Yeah, or he makes up his own fairy tale to do it. Very interesting. Yeah. I did find interesting. I didn't and, know. And like, I did kind of think that the idea was like, like he does kind of have to die to be happy. Like he, when he says, like you know what I have to, what has to happen for me to be happy. Yeah. He does have to die because he's doomed to suffer by his like imprint because he needs to love his mum. <laughs> yeah, he needs her and she's not there. Yeah. That and makes he can't a lot be of happy sense. if if he has to live on without that happening. But maybe as well as you're saying, if he says, you know what it'll take to make me. Maybe he takes that as like being paired with his mom, and maybe they take that as yeah, euthanizing him because yeah, that is the only way. Hmm. But then, if he's AI, would they have been able to like artificially make the dream for him in his head to make it seem real as euthanizing? Yeah, I think that's what that's what Mikey was getting Mikey at. Was saying, it's like yeah. they they gave him this like fake reality and then just put him to put him, put him down, put him <laughs> to sleep. Yeah, took him to the bed. <laughs> Okay, right, you go in there and shoot him. I'm not shooting him. <laughs> <laughs> that's my great, 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 great granddad. Yeah, exactly. That, that's our ancestor, I know. <laughs> but I don't want to... Bad, bad vibes, man. There's a, I, <laughs> I did find... Yeah, bad juju. I did find it interesting that, like, uh, like so, in so much sci-fi, it's so common that the way the aliens travel is in cubes. So much, so much sci-fi. It's all traveling in cubes. It's like, is that mm. just because it, it doesn't look aerodynamic, but it's but it's flying? So it's like, that's yeah. I think I think it's just I think there's something about that we just go that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but the, yeah. but it works. It's futuristic. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like they, they they know something we don't. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. Um, I was like, wonder why that's such a trope. Just cubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I mentioned to you uh, when we were last talking was. Um, I didn't know much about, but I know more since, is that it was supposed to be a Kubrick 
movie. Yeah, add up too. And he wanted he actually initially wanted like the whole kid to be CGI or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I heard. I think I read something like that because then that would make sense. Because then, if you could make him the most human character, but then it's entirely computer generated, making him essentially an AI. If you know what I mean, that would be mm. that would add another aspect. But then he was waiting because it was from like nineteen seventy nine. He was waiting for like yeah. The, he was he started working on it in the seventies, I think, or it was yeah, like seven. I think it was like seventy five when he was first on board to start it or something. Mm. But then he actually uh, told. Spielberg that he wanted him to do it because he was like ah, this is more your kind of thing you should do it instead oh wow I just didn't know that I knew I, th- I thought it Spielberg got like say given it by the like by the company that wanted to make it after Kubrick's death I didn't realize that well, was pretty much he I, he didn't take it on until after Kubrick's death mm. it was a year after his death that it came out or the year after that he started working on it so I think Spielberg didn't start working on it, and then Kubrick was still working on it in some sense, and then he took it on and finished it. And, like, Mikey was saying that you can take the movie as all being a kind of... It's a movie about grief, and you can Mm -hmm. all kind of see it as a tribute to... um, To to Kubrick himself. Yeah, and he's, like, saying it's all naturally lit and stuff, and he converted it it to... um, By Linden. You know that period piece one... Barry Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, Mikey compared uh, compared it to Barry Lyndon, which is like all it's like Victorian age, and it's all naturally lit and stuff because it's mm. like like he insisted on <laughs> making everything by natural light or candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's saying that like um, is that why it's so Spiel- dark at times? Yeah, it's <laughs> really dark. And Spielberg was kind of paying homage to his friend. Right. And he said one of the scenes, the the whole like Doctor No scene, that got like ridiculed as being the most is like oh this is so Spielbergy, but apparently yeah. that was all that was one of the scenes that Kubrick all he either did all of that or he like laid out how to do yeah. it or something. It laid so, out like, what it what it was supposed to be. Yeah, so the scene that everyone's dismisses as being too overly Spielbergy was actually totally Kubrick. Funnily, <laughs> it's quite funny. But then maybe yeah. that was the scene that made him go like. <laughs> well it's really funny well another thing he compared it to was funny I mentioned earlier um, oh no he didn't compare that to it actually but he said Spielberg did the screenplay for it and that was the first time he did a screenplay since doing Close Encounters oh wow yeah but uh, visually there was a lot of uh, even though I, I don't think I've seen close, all of Close Encounters but I just know from like images and stuff that there's a lot felt very similar in a lot of ways with all like them there's like Misty and lighting stuff mm. and all going on. Must yeah. actually give Close Encounters a rewatch. I don't think I've watched it in years as well. That could be another one for yeah. us to discuss. Yeah, good for the list. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Is there anything else to say about AI? Really enjoyed it though. So I give I give AI one Haley Joel Osment out of David. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like nine boinks out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> or will, will, will that there be a, a rating? So it's like Haley Joel Osment zero. <laughs> so it's like it's how many Davids until you get in the perfect movie. It's a Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> <laughs> like I get, I I give Arrival a Haley Joel Osment, but I give <laughs> I give I don't know I'll give like. 
Kingsman, like a seven David. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a work. <laughs> I think it'll be. It can be different every time. Yeah, it'll be the main actor's name and then the main actor's character. <laughs> yeah, but I'll say if anyone has any interest at all in watching it, then definitely do it. Yeah, definitely. I would say go for it. You would not regret it, and it's just very interesting to watch. So what's ne- what's next one we're going to watch? I think you had one last time we were talking, didn't you? you Did I? Idea. I remember watching Dev. I remember watching Devs, but I can't remember if I mentioned anything else. Hmm. I don't know. We'll, I watch, uh, we'll do Mean Girls now. <laughs> <laughs> there was something... I'm pretty sure there was something you said you wanted to re- re-watch, maybe, or something you hadn't seen. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember now at all. Not gonna lie, it's escaping me. Um, well, uh, I have, I are you sure? Are you sure that wasn't the jerk? And I said I might watch the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was like another sci-fi one. Well, uh, I can, I can suggest another one, and then we can find out what that other one was when I listen back to last one, the last yeah, okay. uh, recording. Yeah. Okay. What are you uh, thinking this time? I've been contact. Have you seen contact? Uh, no. Actually, I don't think. But I know what you're on about. It's like the. Arrival before arrival. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely one that I'd be meaning to watch as well. Yeah, just popped into my head. I think it was while I was watching. I, I actually popped into my head. <laughs> Do you know what this needs? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was because I, I, her son was in it. <laughs> Jimmy Foster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll go for contact and I'll find yeah. out what that other one you brought up was. Okay. Yeah. So I think good. it's it's probably good doing uh, classic movies because uh, people can't complain of spoilers as much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's not like we can go to the cinema to see new movies anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, right. So we'll watch. Oh, do you know what it was? It was Brazil. Oh, oh Brazil. Oh fuck. That's what it was, wasn't it? That's because yeah, I remember. Because I remember you bringing that, I, that up. It was one that I had seen, and it was one, but you hadn't. Yeah. Oh fuck! We'll do Brazil then. So I'll do Brazil then. So yeah. Okay, we'll do, we'll do Brazil after. Yeah, we'll do Brazil. So anyone listening, if there is anyone listening, <laughs> <laughs> can also watch Brazil before next. Owen, week. Owen, whenever you're listening, watch watch oh, yeah. Brazil. <laughs> this, <laughs> is all, this is all. This whole thing is just a memo to myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I like memo to go watch a movie. <laughs> Fuck! If I if I had if I had just remembered not needing this memo halfway through that movie, but I. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was yeah, there yeah. any other? Uh, we kind of went on to AI in the middle of our discussion of.